0: Hey guys, welcome to the God Besotted Podcast, where we dig into scripture to delight in the God who loved us first. I'm your host, Karina, and I'm so glad you're here. I think it's gonna be a good time, so let's just get right into it. Okay, well, to start out, we really need to clear something up. We need to get something out in the open that I don't think I have mentioned on the podcast before. And uh, that's just a really important tidbit about me, um, which is that I am, I am a Swifty. <laughs> I am a big Taylor Swift girl. Um, I don't follow her life so much as I've just listened to her music for years and years and years. Um, and if you're not aware, Uh, Now that you're aware of of that important fact about me, if you're not aware about this important fact about what's going on in the world, um, Taylor Swift the Taylor Swift is on tour right now uh, for the first time in like half a decade, which is really just five years. But I wanted to sound more dramatic. Um, she has not been on tour in a while due to the pandemic and such, um, but she is now on a U.S. tour. And to make a long story short, tickets were hard to come by. I did end up getting some. Thank you for asking um, and I had the time of my life so that's a story for another time but uh, suffice it to say tickets were hard to come by and because they were so scarce and the demand was so high a lot of businesses and brands um, you know from local uh, shops in my area to uh, bigger national brands started doing ticket giveaways for her concert um, obviously to boost their following and to to do great things for their brand. Um, and Capital One was one of those. So they did two giveaways and for each one, they shared a riddle that was related to Taylor Swift lyrics. And if you guessed the code word correctly, based on the riddle, then you received a link in your direct messages, whether this was Twitter or Instagram or whatever, to enter the giveaway. So for example, this was the first riddle that they shared. It said, no matter how you sparkle, there's always a chance to shine. Tonight, you're the jewel that can't help but do this when you walk in the room. And based on that riddle, you're supposed to guess the code word, and it is, of course, shimmer, from a line in her newer song, Bejeweled. You're the jewel that can't help but do this, shimmer. Um, And I got that easily, let me tell you. Like that song, familiar with the lyrics, I got the DM in a couple seconds, and I entered the first giveaway. Did not win. Um, but later, you know, to my surprise and my delight, there was a second riddle, and this is what it said. It said It comes in many patterns. Best worn with a French braid, keeps you warm through those cold November nights. And I'm not gonna lie, when I saw that the riddle was posted, uh, I felt a certain amount of urgency. Uh, I wanted to enter right away, but as I'm reading the riddle, I'm just not I'm not getting it, I'm a little stumped. And I saw everyone commenting and posting cardigan as the answer, um, that this was the thing that comes in patterns and is best worn with a French braid on cold November nights. And I thought, well, maybe, yeah, okay, that that may kind, of, kind of makes sense, maybe that's it. So I commented on the Instagram post in this case, uh, cardigan as the code word, and you know I was waiting and didn't receive a link in my DMs to enter the giveaway. And I'm at this point a little desperate Okay, so I reach out to, uh, you know, the the customer support people. And I'm like, hey, um, is the code word wrong? (laughs) And they're like, we can't tell you, but try again. (laughs) <laughs> so I knew from that interaction that I had gotten the code word wrong. Cardigan was was not the code word that the riddle was trying to get me to arrive at. So whereas the first riddle, um, you know, had revealed the code word to me so that I could enter the first giveaway pretty easily, uh, the second riddle was not doing that for me. In fact, the second riddle was actually concealing the code word for me because I couldn't understand it. And Scripture tells us that when Jesus taught, he often chose to teach using parables. And an easy and common definition for a parable, one that you might have heard before, is it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Meaning that in his parables, Jesus referenced familiar things, things like farmers, moneylenders, kings, vines, fig trees. He told stories that were familiar and gave word pictures that were familiar, but he used them as a vehicle for spiritual truth. And for those who understood, the parable unlocked the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those who could not perceive spiritual truth, who could not understand spiritual things, the meaning of Jesus' parables uh, was veiled. In Mark 4, after Jesus taught a large crowd using a parable, we read in verse 10, And when he was alone, those around him, with the twelve asked him about the parables. So this is a group of Jesus' disciples. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that, and he's quoting the Old Testament here, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So what Jesus is saying is that only those with ears to hear will understand the deeper spiritual lesson behind the parables and change their lives accordingly. Al Mohler, a biblical scholar and teacher, puts it this way. He says, The parables simultaneously reveal and hide. They divide their hearers into two worlds. In one world, a parable makes known the secret of the kingdom of God. But in the second world, a parable remains only a parable, nothing more. In this new podcast series that I am super excited about, and I hope you are too, my prayer is that as we explore the stories that Jesus told, that we truly see and understand the secret of the kingdom of God. My hope is that as we read these stories about the kingdom, we'll learn more about our King Jesus. The parables are stories of both grace and judgment that will, when we truly understand them, draw us into deeper relationship with the one who is full of grace and the one who will one day return as judge and set up his kingdom on the earth. And so until that time, when he does so, I pray that even through a a series such as this, you and I will be given eyes to see the kingdom that Jesus reveals to us, and ears to hear the truths he teaches us, and wills to obey the commands of our great and gracious King. So that's where we're headed in this series. And in this first episode, we're going to ask some key questions about parables. What are parables, first of all? What do parables do? And why should we study the parables? We're going to go ahead and dive in with the first question, what are parables? Parables. Well, I gave a simple, often repeated definition a moment ago. Parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning or stories that have spiritual significance, spiritual meaning, spiritual lessons. The English word parable comes from two Greek words. Para, which is a prefix that that means um, to place something along something else. So think of like a paralegal. And then the word ballo, which means to throw or to hurl. So a parable is something thrown alongside something else. In order to um, illustrate and punctuate a truth that he's teaching, Jesus throws a parable alongside of it or um, puts a comparison alongside of it. So the word parable is is basically a comparison between two things that are alike in some way. So uh, a prodigal son and a welcoming, forgiving father teach us about the character and the faithfulness of God. A man who joyfully buys an entire field to find a treasure hidden in it teaches us about the surpassing worth of salvation in Christ. A good Samaritan who goes above and beyond to help a helpless stranger teaches us what true love looks like. So I like this definition from Al Mohler again. He says, parables are surprising stories and word pictures drawn from the familiar that powerfully reveal to us the unfamiliar. Jesus starts with what we can easily see in order to help us see what only he can show us, the realities of the kingdom of heaven. We're told that Jesus taught in parables often. In both Matthew and Mark, we we learn that Jesus spoke in parables nearly every time he taught. And Matthew says in Matthew 13 that this was a fulfillment of Psalm 78, which says, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. And I love the segue between our last series, Praying the Psalms, and this series, Parables of Jesus, that there is a psalm that in some way foreshadowed the coming of Jesus and the role of Jesus as one who opens his mouth in a parable and utters dark sayings of old, someone who takes what was known before and reveals deeper truths um, that praise God uh, through them. So. I just thought that was lovely and beautiful. Um, Rabbis of the day, of Jesus' day, did use parables. So Jesus didn't invent them. Um, However, rabbis did not use parables the way that Jesus did. In John 7, the temple officers uh, who were sent by the chief priests and Pharisees to apprehend Jesus, to uh, take him in for questioning, actually decided not to do so. And so they return to their superiors and they don't have Jesus in tow. And the superiors ask them why they didn't bring Jesus in for questioning. And these temple officers reply, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. Jesus taught with authority that no one had ever encountered before, with wisdom that no one had ever uh, been privy to before. He is the greatest teacher who has ever lived, the most extraordinary rabbi that this world has ever seen. And so I like the way one person said it. Jesus did not invent parables. He merely perfected the art. So Jesus uh, used a parable in a different way than the rabbis and the Pharisees of that time had been using them. So whereas they'd been using parables merely to explain or um, to punctuate or illustrate the Mosaic law, Jesus actually used parables to give new revelation to, as we said, reveal the secret of the kingdom of God. So that brings us to the second question. We know what parables are. What do the parables do? And that's an interesting question, but I think you'll see why we need to ask it um, as as we get into this. So one author said it this way, and I love this. I love this so much. He said, the parables are like hand grenades. Jesus took them out and set them before his hearers, and then he pulled the pin out. Listen carefully because the parable explodes. If you miss the blast of the story... You have missed the power of the parable. There is a reason that Jesus' parables are so memorable. We simply can't shake them. We can't escape them. We can't forget them. And, you know, as humans, one thing that we do naturally is tell stories. It's part of our DNA to tell stories. If I asked you what your favorite color is or where you were born, what you do for a living, what your name is, you would have a story more than likely to go with it. I know I have a story about where my name came from, so you can ask me that sometime. Um, Even the gospel is a story. Right? We have a story of God, uh, in a garden and, and working out our redemption and our salvation and winding up in this greater temple, this greater garden. That is the story from Genesis to Revelation. Um, and it is that. It is a story. And so the parables hit at something already in us, the fact that we're already drawn to stories. And so when we hear a story or a word picture about something familiar, we are that much closer to starting to understand the unfamiliar. So when we ask, what do parables do? What do these stories that Jesus told do to us and in us? Um, We can answer the way that um, one person did. A parable is designed... And this is what it should do to us. It's designed to make one stabbing truth flash out at a man the moment he heard it. So when we hear the parable of the Good Samaritan, we are to be moved by his graciousness. And we have to ask ourselves, this is what the parable should do to us, if if we would care so graciously for a stranger. When we hear the parable of the rich fool who spent his time building storehouses for all of his stuff, only to die sooner than he expected, we should be struck by his folly and and ask ourselves if we are focused on the things of this world and neglecting what really matters, the things of our souls. Warren Wiersbe, a Bible teacher who I love, warns us as we as we start to study the parables. He says, studying the parables is like exposing yourself to a laser beam. It is a dangerous thing to approach our Lord's parables with a careless attitude. And then he says, I've always met myself in the parables, and I suspect you will meet yourself as well. And then he says, but don't be afraid. It will do us both good. So here's the thing about parables. What do they do to us? They show us uh, a truth, a stabbing truth, and they reveal us to us, and they ought to move us and make us question the way that we live and the way that we respond to the truth that we hear. Um, but here's the thing about parables. Sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes they're not so easy to understand, right? So maybe like me, when you've thought about this, um you're thinking, well, probably they're not so easy to understand sometimes because I'm so far removed from the culture of Jesus' day, right? I don't see farmers all around me. Um, Maybe you do. I I don't (laughs) here in Fort Worth. Uh, I don't see farmers all around me or I I don't... um, I would never buy a field or find some man probably um, on the Jericho Road. So maybe the fact is uh, I'm missing information, and that's why sometimes the parables are hard for me to understand. And I think in my case and in your case, that definitely can play a role in why we don't understand parables at times. That's, that's definitely fair. Um, but and we're going to dive into this a lot more in the next episode, but Scripture teaches us, that our spiritual receptivity, the, the condition of our hearts, the state of our hearts, the soil of our hearts, actually plays a much bigger role in whether or not we understand Jesus' parables. It, it plays the biggest role. And I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I can remember being 14 or 15 years old and reading the account of the woman who anointed Jesus' feet uh, and, uh, you know, wiped his feet with her hair and cried and the whole bit. And you know the story. During that, that brave act of devotion to Jesus, Simon, the Pharisee uh, whose house Jesus was at when, when this happened, the Pharisee thinks to himself, well, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who's touching him. He would know that she's a sinner. And Jesus responds with a parable, right? He says, a moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50, And when they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. And Jesus asks the Pharisee, so which of them will love him more? The moneylender. And Simon, the Pharisee, answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more, the one with the bigger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged correctly. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, Jesus says, I say to you, Simon, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And I can remember reading that parable as a 14 or 15 year old and thinking, well, this just isn't very fair. Is this parable saying, is this story saying that if I haven't sinned as much as someone else, that I'll never love Jesus as much as they do, right? It says the one who was forgiven much loved much. And as I read this parable at that age and at that um, time in my spiritual walk, I didn't understand the parable. The parable's meaning was hidden to me because I had pride and spiritual immaturity in my heart. The soil of my heart was not um in a condition to receive, to truly understand the parable. And so James Montgomery Boyce says this. He says, this is what the parables of Jesus do. They break through mere words and they make us ask whether there has indeed been any real difference in our lives. If at the age of 14 or 15, if at that time in my spiritual walk, I had known on a deeper level my desperate need for forgiveness. That If I had known that I was just as in need of forgiveness, as someone who had sinned for longer or sinned in different ways than I had, then I would have understood the point of the parable. The soil of my heart would have been able to receive the spiritual truth of the parable, and I would have been able to change my life accordingly. I would have been able um, to allow the parable to make a real difference in my life. But at that time, I didn't understand, um, and the parable didn't do that for me. And I touched on this in the beginning of the episode, but it bears repeating. Jesus often ended his teaching and his parables with these words, He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. And of course, the crowds and the disciples gathered who were listening to Jesus' parables heard the parables with their physical ears, right? They had ears to hear in that sense. But to truly hear in a spiritual sense requires obedience. It requires reordering your life around the truth that is revealed to you. So John MacArthur says, while the parables do illustrate and clarify truth for those with ears to hear, they have precisely the opposite effect on those who oppose or reject Christ. The symbolism of the parables hides the truth from anyone without the discipline or desire to seek out Christ's meaning. At 14 or 15, I did not have um, the ears to hear the true meaning of the parable. And there are some people um, who have heard Jesus' parables from the time that he first taught them to down to our day today. People sitting in pews, people listening to podcasts like these, people on Instagram, on Christian accounts. There are people who will not truly understand the parables. They will not understand or perceive the spiritual truth in them, and they will not be able to apply the truths in the parables to their lives. So in that sense, they, they truly will not have ears to hear and understand. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that a natural man, that is a a person in the flesh, a person without the Spirit of God, a natural man does not accept. Another word for accept is receive, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. And what Paul is saying in that passage is that a person who does not have the Spirit of God cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. And when, when you hear that, you might, you might think, again, it's a matter of, of not having the right information, uh, right? Maybe, maybe the information, he doesn't have enough information, so the spiritual truth is veiled. But the Scripture says, Paul says, that actually he won't receive the, Spirit, the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him. He has already deemed the things of the Spirit of God to be foolishness. He's made a judgment upon what he has heard. His heart is hardened, and therefore he cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God because it requires the Spirit to understand them, and he's already deemed them to be foolishness. So I, I, I heard it said one time that they are deaf men judging music. It brings us back to Jesus's statement. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. R.C. Sproul says in the Greek language, there's hearing and then there's obeying what you hear. Obeying what you hear means really hearing it, a hyper hearing or super hearing. So what do the parables do? They reveal one stabbing truth to us. They reveal us to us and then they demand that we respond to what's revealed with obedience. So that brings us to the last question and we'll cover it really quickly. Why should we study the parables? Well, you know, at least a third of what Christ taught us um, that we have recorded is is found in parables. And so if we ignore these stories, we skim these stories, um, we miss out on so much of what Jesus wants to teach us. Warren Wiersbe says that the parables are both mirrors and windows. As mirrors, like we've talked about, they help us see ourselves. They reveal our lives as they really are. As windows, they help us see life and God. You know, when you read, let's say, Revelation 9 or Galatians 2, you might not be able to identify that easily, but you can probably easily, when you hear a story, when you hear a parable, you can see yourself in them. The parable about the moneylender breaks through words and asks us, do you believe you are a sinner in need of forgiveness? Do you believe that Jesus has cleansed you and forgiven you of your sins and given you freedom and new life in him? And if so, if you do, then why do you not anoint and kiss his feet why do you not give of yourself all of yourself to him why don't you risk rejection and derision and judgment from man to glorify him and at the same time the parable about the money lender is a window into the heart and the character of god It shows us the grace that he's lavished on us in Christ and the glory of Jesus, our Messiah and his worthiness to be worshiped with all that we are and all that we have. And so this is what the parables do. And this is why we should study them because like the capital one Taylor Swift tickets giveaway, the parables are stories that reveal a truth to us that can change our lives forever. They show us the kingdom of God and the judgment of God against sin and the grace of God towards sinners, and they invite us to see and to hear and to believe and to live differently. So my prayer and my hope for you and me and everyone listening uh, as we embark on this series on some of the parables of Jesus is that we would have eyes to see and ears to really hear hearts to believe and wills to obey what Jesus describes to us about his kingdom and his benevolent and holy kingship in these life-changing stories called parables. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the God Besotted Podcast. I am so grateful for every opportunity that I get to share God's word with you so that we can all know him more deeply and love him and his people more. If you're loving this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you left a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at God Besotted or on Facebook at the God Besotted podcast, because I would just love to connect with you. So until next time, may we rest in the high, deep, wide, and long love of God for us. And may we be God besotted in all we do.